Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 53. So, want to give you guys a huge thank you for getting us through year one of the podcast. Um, we have a great episode to kick off year two. I thought about dividing it into seasons and, and doing that whole thing, but there's no real point to that. So, uh, we're just going to keep on rolling with the podcast. I'm having tons of fun doing it. It seems like you guys are really enjoying a lot of the content we're bringing you, finding out about new bands and things like that, uh, as well as hearing from bands that you guys are actually interested in. So uh, I want to thank Shane Told again. He was on episode 52 uh, last week. If you haven't checked that out, you should. Uh, but huge thank you to him for being the one-year anniversary guest for us, um, kind of our birthday guest, if you will. And yeah, you guys definitely need to scroll through the, the back catalog and make sure that you know, you're know you checking out some of those old episodes that maybe you didn't know about before or uh, you know maybe you missed and need to catch up on. But for this week, I had an amazing conversation with Tristan from the band Waxflower. They're an Australian pop punk group. If you guys are following the Weekend Waves playlist, uh, if you've known me for any amount of time, if you look at my Instagram, Facebook, things like that, um, you know, ever really interacted with You Make the Scene, you know, pop punk's, you know, pretty much at the forefront of what we do. A lot of the time, you know, we have definitely a lot of metalcore and post-hardcore and emo and pop and all of it, but Australian pop punk holds a special place in our hearts. Uh, Wax Flowers, no different. These guys have been around, you know, a relatively short time, uh, but are making huge waves. And Tristan and I talk about a lot of stuff through this episode, talking about things like signing to Rude Records recently, um, getting to perform and open for bands like The Main, Stand Atlantic, and Simple Plan. Uh, you know, it, it's a really good conversation. I think it's a great kind of who is wax flower type of uh, conversation that we had, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. These guys should definitely be on your radar. Uh, again, they're relatively young, but they are doing some incredibly awesome stuff right now. Uh, so, you know, I think they've they've got a path planned. Uh, they've got a great support system with them. And I really think the sky's the limit for these guys. So let's jump into my conversation with Tristan of Wax Flower. So um, basically what I wanted to do, uh, you know, you guys are pretty fresh on the scene. So wanted to kind of give the the people like a who is Wax Flower type of, of episode. Um, so we'll talk about. Amazing. Yeah, we'll talk about kind of you guys getting started, um, you know, the EP that you're working on, the singles that you've done, what tour used to be like, cool. you know, back when we were allowed to do things yeah. like that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, let's dive right in, though. Uh, we'll start with the, the standard opening question, and that's simply, what's your name, kind of what do you do in the band, and a little background on yourself. Cool. Um, so my name's Tristan. Um, I sing and play bass in Waxflower. Um, background, um, this is... Uh, so I've played in bands for... Um, probably nearly 10 years at this point and Waxflower is the first band that's um, actually done a little bit well which is nice um, um, yeah I think I've been playing in bands since I was like 14 years old so yeah. um, been been kicking for a little bit at this at this point but um, I think yeah Waxflower is definitely the first um, first thing I've done that um, I think has resonated with people outside of myself and right. um, my brother and yeah. <laughs> um, those sort of people. But yeah, it's been it's been really really amazing so far. Like um, it's been a wild year and a half of being in the band. So um, yeah, no, it's been great. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for people to know if they're not familiar with you guys. Like you guys just formed in 2019, um, kind of at the beginning of 2019. And let's talk about some of the crazy stuff you've gotten to do already, you know, being as young of a band as you guys are. Um, Let's talk a little bit about like some of the tours you've been on. You've been out with um, the main. You've been out with uh, Stand Atlantic. Um, Simple Plan, for God's sakes. I mean, talk about pop punk legends, you know. How's that all kind of been absorbed by you guys? You know what I mean? Because that's obviously a shock. Yeah, I think, yeah, we've been given some like amazing opportunities over the last, um, yeah, year and a half that we've been like publicly a band, I guess. And a lot of that I think is attributed to, um, we have an amazing, amazing booking agent a um, couple of booking agents over here, um, Jimmy and Casey at Select, um, who have really like allowed us to do stuff that we absolutely wouldn't have been able to do without their help. Um, and yeah, getting to open for uh, the main and the Dangerous Summer and Simple Plan and stuff um, is something that I never would have seen happening in 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 my life, like this time two years ago. So um, like those are bands that I grew up listening to, you know. Um, and yeah, it's extremely, extremely gratifying to be able to, it's kind of like check, checking off like bucket list um, stuff for us. Um, and you kind of have to pinch yourself before going out on stage <laughs> with like those sort of things. Um, especially the show with like Simple Plan that came out of nowhere. Um, but it was like one of the best experiences I've had in, in my life, I think. Just being able to, 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 I don't know, get to do that and play a, a big room and right. in front of people that otherwise wouldn't have seen us. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been really, really great. I think, like, looking back on the last year and a half, like, some of the opportunities we've gotten, it's just almost unbelievable, some of the stuff that's been lined up. So, yeah, really, really amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, the the thing is, like you said, obviously the, the booking agents and all that are huge factors in, in this sort mm. of stuff. Um, Talk a little bit about the importance, because you've you've been in the the business, if you will, for ten years now. Talk about the importance of kind of finding the right team. You guys are are signed with um, Selective for booking, and then you just got signed with Rude Records not too terribly long ago. Yeah. So let's go through some of that stuff. Yeah, I guess for me, um, like the the whole like business side of music is definitely new, and um, I'm really lucky um, that in the band, I guess there's everyone we're lucky that between the four of us, we all have kind of different roles and have different knowledge bases of stuff to pull from. And our drummer, Dan, um, he's been in a like relatively successful band before I'm like signed and kind of been through, um, the process of, of coming up in, um, in the scene. Um, so he had that knowledge base to pull from when we were, um, approaching and being approached by, you know, labels and booking agents and stuff like that. So, um, I think he's definitely been invaluable, um, to the process and like he has had experience managing bands and stuff in the past before and he currently manages us as well um so yeah i think when we were um, having those conversations with booking agents and 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 labels it was um uh, there's a there's a uh, an event in in Australia called Big Sound, where mm-hmm. um, it's actually based in Brisbane, where we're based, and usually all the booking agents and stuff like that will fly into Brisbane. Um, there'll be showcases and bands will play shows and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and we had a few meetings then with um, different different booking agents, and we met with Select. And I think it was it was clear from that meeting that, that like they had our best interest in heart, and it was basically a perfect fit. Um, and we've been so happy with them so far. I think it's, yeah, really important to know um, what your goals are as a band, like yeah. coming into those conversations. And um, we had a pretty strong opinion of where we wanted to position ourselves in in the market in Australia and overseas. And um, it seemed like Select were the, the best option for being able to um, carry through with that. So, um, yeah. And I think to like along the same vein, like Brood have been um, about this, like the same in that regard like yeah. they've always um been really supportive of our vision for the band where we see ourselves in a couple of years um so yeah um, it's been a great experience so far with the team that we've built around us like i don't think we could ask for a better team at this point yeah yeah awesome yeah and i mean like you know the roster that's on rude to be you know kind of label mates with some of these bands is kind of got to be one of those moments like mm. you said earlier you know the things you've gotten to do 
this early in your career, you never would have guessed. But would you have ever guessed you'd be label mates with some of these people too? Yeah, no. I like the I, the fact that we're signed at all is just ridiculous to me. Still, like, um, yeah, like, <laughs> it's really hard to to get a grasp on. I think, yeah, the the rude like the, some of the bands that are on rude, and especially even like some of the newer bands that are um, they're signing. Like their roster is just getting stronger and stronger. I've been listening to they they just signed an artist, Sydney Sprague, mm -hmm. and she's ha has a couple of songs out, and I've just had them on repeat like the last week. Yeah, she um, just dropped a so Steve I think it's, it's a new one, right? Yeah, Steve is, it's so good. It's such a good song. Um, so yeah, I like, I, it, it's really exciting to be um, on a roster with like, you know, some of those like legacy bands and then also like some really, really exciting up and coming bands. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good place, good place to be for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I feel like kind of like you said, they've got the legacy bands that kind of show they know what they're doing and then yeah. they've got the new blood that, is going to just help energize the label and, and keep them, you know, moving forward and, and up and up in the, in the rankings, if you will. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the singles that you guys have released. You, you just dropped two this year. You've got an EP coming up. Um, what's it been like in Australia specifically to, to go through that writing process because some of this has obviously been done during quarantine and lockdowns and things like that. Um, what's yeah. that kind of been experience wise for you guys? Yeah. So I guess the, the older singles that we have out currently, um, all of them bar one were recorded in 20 at the end of 2018, actually. So okay. before we even had announced the band or, yeah. um, like we're publicly, um, that we publicly existed, I guess. Um, but so the, I think 16 Fours was the last song from that batch. Um, and then Getting Better, we actually recorded um, last Christmas. Um, so that was kind of like the bridging song between the last era, I guess, of the band and right. this new era that we were, we're coming into in the next um, month or so. Um, so the, it was... It, it was very, very interesting actually getting to record these new songs. We recorded um, what will be the EP um, in May of this year. Um, so it was like mid like lockdown, right. basically. Um, and we had the studio dates booked like before we like knew anything that was happening with COVID. Um, and it was like, I remember it being like two weeks out from our recording dates and us being not sure if we we're going to be able to um because the thing with us is we're based in Brisbane, which is in Queensland, Australia. Um, and then the studio, uh, we work with Stevie Knight out of Electric Sun is down in Sydney. So it's in New South Wales. So it's not in the same state. Right. Um, and all the borders, there's lots of border restrictions at the time. So we weren't sure if we were going to be able to actually get down and um, record. But um, we were really, really lucky because restrictions had just started to ease a little bit. And then we, we, we kind of got through like everything was above board um recorded for like two weeks came back and then restrictions clamped down again so there was like this little window of right. time where we just kind of snuck in and got it done and like it just seems like it, it kind of all lined up uh, like i think a lot of that stuff that kind of happened over the the course of this band we get really really lucky but yeah like if we didn't record in that two weeks i don't know like because stevie has a pretty full schedule if we would have uh, been ended up being able to record so um yeah, as as much as this year has sucked in terms of like live music and not being able to play shows, like at least we are really lucky in that we got to um, record this new batch of songs. And um, yeah, it's all culminating in us releasing a new single in, uh, what is it, two weeks. So yeah, no, it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, before we dive too deep into the EP, we'll, we'll see how much we can talk about that. But um, yeah. talk about the, the music scene in Australia. You, Australia in general has kind of been blowing up over the last year, year and a half. Um, bands yeah. like, you know, Stand Atlantic, um, Yours Truly, you guys, Between You and Me, like there's been some like major things going on down there. What's it been like to experience it firsthand, you know, within the, the country and the scene? Yeah, it's been, it's been really, really good. I think, yeah, uh, like 
all of those bands you mentioned, Between You and Me, Yours Truly, Stan Atlantic, um, they are all uh, of Stevie's bands as well. So yeah. um, our producer Stevie, uh, he's recorded all, like he, like, he has his, his fingers in many pies in the Australian alternative scene. Um, but I think it kind of like fosters like a little bit of community in that sense. Like um, I, like this, like I was not really familiar with like the, the scene or like didn't really have an in until um, this band. So, um, but I think everyone's been really, really supportive. Um, like Stan Atlantic, um, like we opened for them in Sydney uh, that would have been it was actually a Halloween show last year um, like they have given us some cool opportunities between you and me took us out on, on an acoustic tour like it seems like all the bands like the I guess pop punk scene like all scene in, yeah. um, in Australia are kind of willing to help each other out and lift each other up which is which is nice yeah 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 and I, I think that's something you know from a genre standpoint that plays a factor too right like yeah it seems like pop punk bands, emo, whatever you want to, whatever box you guys want to get put in. Um, it seems like bands in those scenes typically are a little more welcoming because most of you guys yeah. have the same work ethic. It's all about the DIY work ethic and you're not just here for a free ticket. Yeah. And I think it's also like in the grand, like I, especially in Australia, like pop punk isn't huge. Um, so I think it's exciting to see like other bands um, in the same, like, genre giving it a go right. um so i think it's like beneficial for everyone in the scene to be like giving each other a leg up and doing like the most you can to get people who maybe wouldn't uh, otherwise wouldn't be interested in in the music um coming out to shows and stuff like that so yeah but it's been i think yeah even recently in australia like triple j is the major like independent like radio station yeah. that i guess most like young people listen to um and for a while there they kind of like turned turned their nose up at like pop punk and stuff like that. So, um, but it's been cool to see like Stand Atlantic and you'll truly get um, like feature album of the week and like do live versions and stuff that yeah. like huge bands have done over the, over the past, like Denzel Curry and um, I don't know, like, this, I'm blanking, but there's so many, so many <laughs> examples. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool to see like it kind of um, the, the, the genre uh, seep a little bit into the like mainstream um culture in australia which i'm not sure if that's like happening in the u.s and stuff as well if you're seeing like an uptick and that sort of stuff or if it's yeah sometimes towing or what i'd be really interested in hearing it <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes it, it really depends on the market you know obviously the u.s being the size that it is there's major and minor markets and stuff like that um yeah and so you know in more of like like chicago is a major market for us and it's about three yeah. hours away from me and uh, up there, definitely. But you also had bands like Fallout Boy is from Chicago. Rise yeah. Against is from Chicago. Like, so the there's so much of that scene there that they can't turn their nose up at it because it's it's yeah. just in the city. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's slowly becoming more normal. Like even some of the top forty stations are starting to play more alternative rock or pop punk and stuff like yeah. that. So it's, it's refreshing to see, you know, as a, I'm 35 now, but you know, as an emo kid, uh pop punk kid, it's great to yeah. see that that's starting to bleed in and, and be more accepted, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I think like Machine Gun Kelly just released like a straight up pop punk album and it debuted at number one on Billboard. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully that has some good <laughs> implications for the scene. I, uh, <laughs> I purposely haven't listened to it yet because I just don't know if I can do it. But um, I guess Travis Barker was pretty yeah. heavily involved in that project, so it can't be terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's interesting to see like how involved Travis Barker. I was talking, I was talking to someone the other day. It seems like any time in like mainstream music when Travis Barker, his his name is kind of synonymous with like real drums now. Yeah, he almost has like a little monopoly on like real drums being in pop music, which is, it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I think any, like anytime hearing like guitar music on the radio is, is a win. Yeah. I, Oh, who was I talking to? Just, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, like a week or two ago. And we were talking about the same thing. Like there's so much synth and, you know, electronic guitars and stuff, but not, yeah. real electric guitars um yeah and it's like when you finally hear it it's like yes this band actually has more talent than knowing how to sing like 
there, there's something there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in Australia, obviously, you know, triple J I've, I've talked to Michaela from yours truly, uh, a couple times now. Nice. And so we've brought up triple J before. Um, if you guys got to do like a version at some point, uh, what song do you, would you want to try to perform on there? That is a great question. It's something that we've definitely <laughs> like um, talked about, like high hopes. I don't know if it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, if if the offer was given to us like right now, um, we we have only ever done one cover and we do Chasing Cars by, is it by The Fray? Or Snow Patrol? Snow Patrol. Or one of the, it's by yeah. the, I always get those bands confused. Yeah, I always get those bands confused for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and that's really fun to play. Um, but I think... If we did get offered something, we'd probably end up doing something fucking silly. I don't know. We love that. We love "Let's Get Loud" by Jennifer Lopez. Maybe we would do that. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I think that's a a good idea, though, right? Like, pick a song that's gonna like stand out, and people are gonna be like, "What the hell were they thinking?" Because you're gonna get more yeah. looks that way. I think that's half half of it. Like, you kind of have to play something that you think is like one gonna. Uh, be actually be like a good song for like a good interpretation of a song for the band and then to it needs to be like relevant so that people want to listen to it and yeah i think it's interesting to see like what people pick um to cover um but yeah i think black version is like an amazing little thing it's it's kind of wild that it has such like a worldwide like pull like right. it's not just like australians who watch it like it's kind of like its own little institution in itself outside of triple j yeah um so this episode is probably going to go up, uh, looking at the calendar, um, looks like November the 11th. So with that in mind, um, <laughs> how much of the EP do you want to talk about? Um, we can talk about the first single again comes out on the 13th, but I'm like, I'm happy to talk about, um, uh, the I guess the EP as a whole, yeah. I, I don't think there's any like choke uh, the g- gag order on me or anything. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the main concern. I said I don't want to get you you in any sort of trouble. So let's let's kick off with um the first the first single that's going to be coming out on the 13th um off the EP. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about you know what it's called, kind of what it went into the process for you guys, um and and kind of the sound that you're going for on this. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, again is the name of the song. Um, so that's coming out on November thirteenth. Um, I hope I'm getting that right. I should definitely know. Um, that and would yeah, be I that Friday. Yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, be that Friday. Cool. So that's right. Um, so yeah, this is like the first song um, of like a new batch of full band, I guess, recordings um, since twenty eighteen. Um, so yeah, we've been itching to get um, new stuff out there for a while now and it's i think it's really exciting that we're finally actually launching into like this new um era of the band um and i guess this song um so like all of these new songs were recorded in may um of this year and we since we recorded it in 2018 like all the way through to may we'd been like writing pretty consistently um like i am basically always writing my voice memos up on my phone is an absolute graveyard of um terrible and not semi not terrible ideas that might get turned into something but um yeah like i was really because we had booked the studio dates um but we basically didn't stop writing we never like were like okay here's the five songs we're gonna do and then we chilled out for five right. months and then recorded or something it was like okay we're writing like up until the very very last minute just to make sure like that some amazing idea isn't gonna like go un uh unexplored along the way and um again was written really really late in the process maybe like a month out or two months out or something um because i i was i was really stressed um going down because i knew that we had to like step up and we had we had some some really great demos but um i think once we wrote again um like i was like okay like this is like the new like direction for the yeah. band basically like I, that song is so um i think is really re- representative of like what i consider like a wax flower song to be um at this point in time um like incorporating a little bit more 
uh, like electronic elements and um, but like also mixed in with like the twinkly like emo guitars and <laughs> and stuff that I've always been so fond of. Like I, it, it's interesting because in my the bands I've been in before this, um, they were like like I grew up listening to like MySpace music basically, yeah. like neon pop, like pop punk and, hey, hey. and stuff like there. that. So <laughs> th- this, yeah, <laughs> uh, this is like the first band that I've been in that. Um, we had like a lead guitar instead of just like a straight up like Moog synth. <laughs> um, like, cause like my favorite bands growing up were like Motion City Soundtrack and The Appreciation Post and like, and then just like every MySpace band that was kicking around with Metro Station and then Nickasaw, Deep Cuts. I, I could yeah. go into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a little bit of that like um, is, see- is see- kind of seeping into like the Waxfile stuff, but not in like an overbearing way. Um, but at the same time, it's also like some of the, there's some songs that are like, like heavier um, than the stuff we were doing before. Um, yeah, I guess again, was born out of a place of, of, of stress because um, we, I just was stressing out about writing. Um, and I guess like lyrically, um, I think is probably really representative of what these new songs is like as well. Um, because I think in the past, like the songs we have out right now, are like pretty down, like basically sad songs. I guess there's always, I think the aim with like my writing styles is always like have like a little bit of hope in there and not just be emo for emo's sake. But I think like that's really been put into these songs. Like they are still like, you know, emo ish songs, but I think there's like a more of a vein of optimism that runs through them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I feel like I, just spoke for ages and I don't know if I answered the question. So. <laughs> no, I think you did get it. Um, so it's interesting that you say that. I was just talking with um, Mike Hennenberger for the podcast. He's got a book out now called Rock Bottom at the Renaissance. And um, he kind of talked about mm. something similar where like the book itself, like as you start reading it, it's a true story about his life. And it's a pretty fucking depressive book at the beginning and he's yeah. like, but I'm hoping people understand, like, I'm still alive. Like, there's hope in this book. So same thing, like, musically, right? Like, yeah, it's a sad song. Yeah. But we're all still here. Like, positive things are going to come out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, like, a little bit of perspective as well. It's, like, I think music that is just, like, all happy is, like, kind of annoying almost. Right? <laughs> it's just, like, it's, 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 like, too much. I think it it's a little bit of context, like, yeah, the, here's like here's the bad stuff, and like the the good stuff seems better or more um, uh, hopeful in comparison. I don't know. I think it, like having a balance of the two is like makes like each one more powerful um, in like in unison with each other. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree, and I think that's something you know the emo scene, the pop punk scene has always kind of gotten shit about, but it's like, you know, no offense to Katy Perry, but the world's not sunshine and rainbows. You know what I mean? So like most pop punk Mm. and emo bands are very authentic and there's something for their fans to relate to. Whereas a lot of, not just Katy Perry, most top 40 radio, it's too happy. Like you said, like you can't, have a great day every day. Like that's just not going to be the way the world works. So yeah, at least show a little bit of that, like realism that, you know, Hey, this, this particular point kind of sucks, but check out how cool this got, you know, like it, it's like you said, yeah. kind of that balance of everything. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely an interesting point. I think like, especially, I think it's cool to see like some modern, like pop artists and stuff, like kind of, um, I think like, it's obvious that there's been some influence from like that sort of songwriting perspective over like you see people coming up now who are like fans of like my chem and like, yeah. Fall, like early fallout boy. And like, um, like, like who is it? Halsey is like a, a mm-hmm. huge, like pop punk fan. Like, um, like obviously machine gun Kelly, I think nothing nowhere like in the scene, but kind of like straddles, like, you know, like hip hop and like the, the trap stuff stuff. So yeah, no, it's cool to see like that sort of seeping into like some form of mainstream, um stuff um who, who who was i listening to the other day like is it, is it lanny or laney his stuff is really good yeah yeah 
like I really like his songwriting and like lyricism. So yeah, there's definitely some cool like pop stuff going around that like I don't know if it borrows or if it's just like it's similar to, but yeah, it's cool to see some similarities between like the stuff that I grew up on and um, the difference between like top body stuff back then and top body stuff back now, like now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like old school top 40, we're talking Matchbox 20, uh, Savage yeah. Garden, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, I guess in a sense it was sad in its own right, but like, again, it just didn't feel that way. Uh, didn't feel authentic a lot of times. And I think you're mm-hmm. right. Like, now with some of that bleed over, it's feeling more relatable, more authentic. Um, and I think it's maybe inadvertently, but it's shining a light on pop punk and emo too, because now when people yeah. hear that, they're like, oh, that's kind of like this Laney song or whatever. And it's more easily accessible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so on the EP as a whole, we won't give away too much. That way you don't get in, in trouble specific song wise. Um, on the EP as a whole, though, you guys are doing five songs. Um, is it kind of a concept album or is it more of like a showcase type deal where it's not necessarily one story, but it's here's kind of our different abilities. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely not like a concept album. Um, I think it's definitely like thematically cohesive I would say just because it's all um, based on my experience over the last um, year and a half since those last songs Um, so yeah a lot of the songs deal with the same sort of themes um, as each other Um, but I think like sonically um, each song and I'm like we just got final mixes back um, last week or the week before and I've been listening to (laughs) listening to them a lot Um, and I think something I'm really proud of with this release is that each song is um kind of stand, stands on its own stylistically. Um, like it's not like the, like the like ones like got fucking beatdowns in it and the other right. ones, the jazz or something. They're all like similar enough, but um, I think they all like stand on their own, have their own kind of unique sonic um, perspective. Um, but yeah, not, not a concept album, but definitely dealing with the same themes. And I think each song showcases a different part of what the band is capable of as a whole. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm yeah, I'm really proud of how these songs have turned out. Um, I think it's definitely a big step up for the band. Yeah, awesome. Um, do you guys have a release date for the actual EP as of yet? Um, we haven't decided on that just yet. Okay. No, <laughs> I didn't think so, but I wanted to make sure that we didn't <laughs> miss it if if there was one. Um, obviously, with with COVID. Uh, like we said, you're, you guys are starting to lighten up, uh, quite a bit. Is there plans to do like some music videos to accompany singles and things like that? Yeah, we actually, we filmed a music video for again. Um, so that's, we signed off on that this week. Um, that was really fun music video to shoot. Um, cause restrictions had, by the time we filmed, um, the music video for again, it was maybe like a month ago, month and a half, maybe, um, restrictions mainly eased and, we, this was like our biggest music video today, like production wise, like we had like a full like team and dances and stuff. So um, yeah, it's, I'm really happy with how the music videos turned out. And then we're definitely planning um, on doing music videos for the next um, two singles as well. Um, but we're, we're really lucky that our guitarist Nick is actually like a professional videographer. Um, so he's done all of our music videos so far and he, he's done the music video for again, um, which like is invaluable to the band. Like, right. It means that we don't have to um, yeah, pay someone to do it. Um, although I think it is really, um, it is a great asset to like for, for bands to, you know, go, go in on music videos. I think it's, it's really valuable. Um, but yeah, it, it meant that we got to focus on putting that money towards like uh, the venue and hi, like hiring lighting and, and hiring the dancers and stuff. So we could, um, we could have a bigger production on what would have, I guess, maybe um, um, muted the budget a little bit um, if we had to hire a videographer. But yeah, I think we're all really proud of this video um, comparatively to the last ones. And we were, like, we're proud of those ones, but this one's definitely a step up. And yeah. um, I think like having the, like, the music is a step up and the video is a step up. It's all, it all seems to be coming together. Like, and it's, it's very tangible now, like being able to look at everything come together. So yeah, it's, it's insane that this song is coming out in like two weeks feels like we've been been grinding away for a while but yeah 
it's going to be exciting to have it out. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, the cool thing is with having someone in the band, like what you were saying, it, it also kind of helps with conceptualizing the video. You know what I mean? Like they know as a member yeah. of the band, we know what we want this video to look like. We know the emotion that's supposed to be in there and it doesn't get lost in translation when you're pitching the storyboard to somebody because it's somebody yeah. that's been there and involved. Absolutely. And it means like we, we have that dialogue already and like that, that relationship, like, like we're all like best friends in the band and like we're all really comfortable and giving feedback and um, ideating on like what, the, what it's going to be. So it's not like we're working with like a third party who we're worried about like, oh, we don't want him to take this the wrong way or right. we need to prepare all these notes and then send off like an email. Um, it's kind of like, oh, we just jump in the group chat or in the Facebook group and we're like, um, here's what we're thinking. Like, here are the notes. Like, I look fucked in this part of the video. Can you swap it out for another shot or, right. or something? It makes the process a little bit easier, I think. Um, yeah, it's just a little little bit more fluid. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that you kind of touched on earlier with each of you having your own strengths um, to contribute to the band, right? Like, so yeah. it's it's nice having a video guy. One of you probably does a little more social media than, than others, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it's dividing the business side of, of the band so that it's not all yeah. on one person to be like, shit, I, this is heavy. Yeah. And I think that's like where a lot of bands like, like get, like it's a, it's, it's a stress point. Cause usually one person is kind of like the most invested in going all in. And then it's easy for them to get frustrated at the other members if they're not playing their weight. And I think for us, that's something that we've been, like really lucky with from the get-go is that we've kind of all had our place in the band and, and kind of stuck in our lanes a little bit. That sounds bad, but uh, it's, it's good. Right. Um, like Jordan is Jordan, a guitarist is he's an accountant. So he does all of our books right. um, and like keeps track of all of our expenses and all that stuff. Dan management and like social media, Nick videography, photography. Um, and then I, I do most of the writing and I'm also a graphic designer. So I've did the, like all like the social assets and yeah. I will do it. And I did like the artwork for again. Um, so it's, we're really, really lucky that we have like a pretty big knowledge and skill base inside the band that yeah. we can kind of get a lot of stuff done on our own without reaching out. Um, yeah, I think like, and it means that we just like don't really fight. Like we haven't really <laughs> had any like band fights, which is, good i'm sure there'll be something to come there's, a, there's yeah. always something but yeah it's been it's been pretty smooth sailing, so i'm really lucky yeah I'm, I'm sure you know once whenever touring can happen again you know when you put four dudes stuck in a van together for a eight hour drive yeah. after a show like yeah there's going to be some shit that goes down but yeah um <laughs> uh, that's the nice thing too with with truly being friends you know is at the end of the day like we can talk that out like that's not a big deal versus yeah when you get in those bands where like well these two guys know each other and we were just looking for somebody so it's all kind of pieced together that's where that division yeah. really comes in yeah yeah it's definitely interesting like i'm very thankful that we get along so well because like we all kind of knew all of each other before we formed the band and like i was friends with nick our guitarist um and i kind of spoken to dan a couple of times but it's not like we were all like best mates who like came together it's kind of like it was all like very like me and nick basically reached out to um dan and jordan and we ended up practicing like it just it's just our personalities like we didn't know it but just have come together so well and i think it's like it's i would always hear bands being like oh we're we're like best friends and i'm like uh that doesn't seem real right i don't know it, it, it is it's been it's been a great experience in this band so far for sure yeah, and I think it helps, like you said early on, about being clear with your goals and aspirations, right? Like making sure yeah. everybody's on the same page and moving in that same direction is a big factor in that as well. Yeah, and I think even before we recorded those first songs, or maybe it was just after, like we had like heaps of meetings about like putting together mood boards of what we want the aesthetic to be and what we want our tone of voice to be on social media and like how we want to be perceived in the market and what market we're pitching to. Are we pitching to the pop punk market? Are we pitching to like, um, like triple J, like indie rock market? And, um, yeah, I think like having all that stuff down, not only gives you a good basis and like a good understanding of each other in the band and like, um, 
getting you all clued in on the same same goal, but it also gives you a better opportunity um, pitching to build a team. Because um, yeah. if you know what you're doing, you can better pull from them or, or clue them in on, on where you want to be and get an idea of if they can actually help you out. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, having those clear goals has always been really important to us from day dot and it's something that we still uh, ideating on like constantly. I think the fact, the fact that we're all so invested in the band helps as well. Like even like from the start, um, like we're always all going in and having discussions on like even the smallest things like, like, um, like merch orders and designs and um, oh, what was I going to say? There was another example, um, like copy on social media posts. Like Dan will be like, oh, I'm going to post this. Um, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to change this word or, or whatever. Right. It's like, it's, um, yeah, we're all, all still really invested in how the band's perceived um, through socials and like what our image is. So um, yeah, like the fact that I have somehow found myself with three guys who are willing to, um, be as invested in the band as I am. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about, you guys have done a little bit of like acoustic sessions now. Um, cause obviously you can't yeah. tour. Um, what are kind of the plans for those moving forward? You still planning on doing like some Instagram live type situations and, and maybe play some new songs. So, uh, probably not. I would say, I think, those we did, there was a little, little initiative in Australia, and I think it might actually still be going called Isolate. Um, I can't remember who it was run by, but it was like they got some some pretty big names, and they would do like a, every weekend like a mini Instagram live festival, and right. bands would, would would play. And we did one of the early ones of that, and that was a really great experience. We had, um, yeah, like I kind of was expecting no one to be to be watching, but like it was like we had like 300 or 400 people in the stream or something when watching, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, like, it was like, like Isolate had like heaps of at that point, and um, that was cool. And we've done a, a few more through some stuff that Brood has set up. Um, but I think at this point, we're kind of holding out on, on, on that sort of stuff, um, just focusing on pushing the new music forward. And um, um, we, we're actually playing a show next weekend um with a band called wax um in byron bay which should be fun um so yeah we're kind of holding out on that stuff but who's to say we might end up doing something after again comes out like i guess we just have don't really have anything booked at this point in time and i know like personally i've kind of become um disinterested in um watching instagram lives and like live streams like that yeah. i think if we were gonna do <laughs> something like we would want it to be like um a little bit different or a little bit like special put our own twist on it and i think where we currently sit at the moment we don't really have any um grand ideas i think it's been it's been cool to see bands that go all, all in on production and have like like full like camera crews and like full mm -hmm. band stuff but like that it's really expensive to get that stuff right and i think like you have to weigh up whether it's worth um investing in like at right. this point yeah yeah and i think you know maybe in australia since you guys are starting to do some more live music and stuff like that it it probably is a, a more of a back burner thing. And I don't mean that as a negative yeah. and I know you didn't either, but it just logically doesn't make sense because we could sit in our living room and play this or we can book a show and yeah, everybody's yeah. fitting, but at least there's people. Uh, yeah. So yeah. on those real quick, I do want to ask, I was talking to a buddy of mine about just from a band perspective, how weird is it performing on Instagram live where you don't really get to see or feel the emotion from a crowd? You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I'm playing to this camera. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's, um, I think the, the, the couple that we've done have actually been really good experiences. Like when we did them, we did it. It like, wasn't just me, like me and me and Dan live together. Um, and, his girlfriend Ava actually um, sung with us as well. Like she's a really talented singer, and she was like doing harmonies and like backups and stuff. So um, yeah, we had like a little little team going, and then I think at the end of like the 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 um, the isolate session, we had like two of our other roommates like let off like party poppers and stuff at the end. Like we tried to like make the most of it. Right. Um, and it is weird like not having that like physical like crowd in front of you and not having that like I guess. Uh, audio visual feedback right. but i had like i had like my phone like with the stream like muted um like down there i could see comments coming through and stuff which was cool um 
I think the thing that was hardest for me is like, I'm like a really like awkward, like guy <laughs> and I'm really bad, like in between songs of like speaking. So not having like, it's like you finish a song and then it's just like silence and then you have to kind of like, I don't know, right. wing it until it's actually time to play the next song. But um, yeah, I think that because I'm so awkward and like introverted and stuff, like in between, so, like you get that little bit of adrenaline that just like keeps you going through right. the whole thing without like completely, completely crumbling. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, like a different experience, um, but not necessarily like a negative one. Um, yeah, I think it's like like everyone's just making the most of, of what they can out of out of the scenario. And um, I think like Isolate, like that initiative especially was was really good for the music scene and getting um, people like involved um, in, I guess, live in yeah. quotation marks <laughs> music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously we don't know when world tours can happen again or, you know, yes. overseas, international travel, things like that. But uh, let's say theoretically in 2021 that that does open back up. Where are some places that you guys want to perform? Uh, two big ones for us, uh, the US and the UK. Um, they're like the two main um, um, markets that we want to hit as soon as we can. And I think, yeah, like we were definitely hoping on getting over um, uh, sooner than um, we probably will be able to. Um, but I think, you know, when the time comes, that, that'll that definitely be on the cards for us. Um, and outside of like those places, we're really keen to go to like Asia and Japan and like, I think, I think, um, I think as soon as like places start to open, we'll probably just consider, um, yeah, what the, what our options are. Right. The, yeah. It, it's a very, it's a very weird thing to think about. And it's something like I've kind of tried not to think about <laughs> a little bit cause it makes me sad. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, we're definitely really, really excited to get over as soon as we can. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully something miraculous happens and, and we can, we can get over. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> you know, supposedly there's a vaccine on the way. We'll we'll see what happens with all that. But yeah, um, are there I'm not any, holding my breath? My yeah, breath just yet. I'm not either. Um, are there any like venues that that you guys know of that are just like I bucket list type? You know what I mean? Like if we ever get the chance, we're not turning this down type of venues. Yeah, I don't. I I'm not really like too familiar with like the venues and stuff, especially when it comes to like like overseas, I guess, like I would be happy to play fucking someone's basement in, this, <laughs> in, in the US, the UK. I think like just the idea of like, that's been like my dream ever since I was like a kid. Like, you know, you watch like those documentaries of favorite bands and then just like in a, in a fucking van, yeah. like going around America. And like, that seems like the dream for me, like just being able to, and I think like just, yeah, that coming from you playing live music is like, um, something really special i think yeah um what's that warp to a documentary with forever came calling i don't know if i've seen it yeah uh um, i actually own it and i can't think of the name of it either but i'll yeah. link it in the description of the the podcast as soon as i remember i think if you would ask me this question like a few years ago i would definitely would have said like oh warp tour like warp tour is like the dream right. but um i think yeah look it's cool that there's some <clears throat> like sad summer fest would be really cool to play that that seems to be like the kind of like taking taking place in, uh, for Walter at the moment. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like anywhere, like just as long as we're over there, I would be happy. Hey. Yeah. Uh, it's called No Room for Rockstars. Um, yes, that is it. <laughs> it was bothering very, me. Very I Googled it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is super cool. You know, they talk about, or they talk to Forever Came Calling and kind of follow them around getting on the show but then like yeah to see like christopher drew from never shout never and just all the different stuff like how it really is because i think a lot of people don't understand what goes into especially a full nation cross-country tour like that like, yeah that shit's not easy for them to pull off every day no. and they did it for what 22 23 years whatever it's been like it's yeah. insane the fact that it went for so long and like went relatively smoothly smoothly for so long is like a it's it's honestly a, a, a feat of I don't know Kevin Lyman's strength. I don't know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude must dude must have uh, had some very very stressful years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met Kevin one time uh, at the Indianapolis date. We had like super bad weather, and I do concert photography and and whatnot outside of this. Yeah. So they were uh, 
they had this storm cell that was coming through. They shut down several of the stages and had everybody meet under the pavilion and whatnot. Well, since I had a press pass, I was backstage with everybody. Mm. And um, Kevin walked by and just, hey, everybody doing okay? You know, like he was super down to earth. making His first concern truly was everybody's safety. And it was so cool to see that it was like, yeah, everybody paid money to be here, but we're making sure you guys get home. You know what I mean? And yeah. It, everything ended up being fine, but still. <laughs> it was definitely clear that he was never in it for like like a paycheck. He was like, it was like his baby. And yeah. he was always like, like from what I've seen, like in the thick of it and making sure everything was going smoothly. So yeah, I think it's a lot of responsibility to take on. It makes sense that it's kind of wind, winding up. So yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much everything I've got for you. I did want to kind of give you the opportunity as a kind of ridiculous question to, to end with when live touring uh, can start again and whatnot. If you got to design a, we'll make it a five band. So you plus four bands got to design a tour um, for us or UK, whichever, or both, who would you yeah. want to be out on the road with? Good question. Um, I think it'd be really amazing to tour the U S with stat Stan Atlantic, like mm-hmm. seeing like the, the stuff that they've done in the U S and UK has been, been great to see. And I think like that would be a really fun tour. Um, um, oh, here's like a dream, like a dream, uh, like Jimmy Eat world. Yeah. Like I would kill to, to tour with Jimmy Eat world. They're like one of my favorite bands of all time. If I could resurrect a band, I would resurrect deer in the headlights. They're like one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I'm also, I'll say Sydney Sprague. She's so good. Yeah. I just want to say, I, I would, I, I've been listening to those two <laughs> songs like a fucking madman. Hey, it's ridiculous. Um, what's that? That's four. Um, let's, let's do one more. Like I'm forget. Okay. Uh, let me, I'm just going to, I'm going to open my Spotify. No, I'm not. <laughs> let's just say, let's say Motion City soundtrack. Solid. Got to have a throw back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, yeah. I, not to take away from your your episode at all, but that Sydney Sprague stuff, man, like that girl's got something, and it's going to be yeah, big. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's so special. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's everything I've got for you. Let's do the the typical kind of outro. I'm going to let you plug everything you want to plug. Kind of say whatever you want to to people that are obviously discovering you, or maybe have heard one or two songs. Kind of just tell people what they should know. Cool. Um, yeah, I guess Waxfire has a new single coming out called Again on Friday, November 13th. Um, it is the first song off of an um, upcoming EP um, and the first new full band music um, in a year and a half. So um, we're really, really excited to have it out. Um, we think it marks a new era and step up for the band. So um, yeah, couldn't be more excited. And you know, thank you for having, having me today. It's yeah. really nice to be able to speak through some of this stuff and um yeah awesome um socials i'm going to link all of them but where can they find you on social media um so you can find us at um all of our handles are waxflower music um and then yeah everything will be up on spotify apple music all those places when it comes out um and then video will be out on the red records youtube channel when that drops um yeah i think that's i think that's all of our socials I'm really bad at plugging that sort of stuff. (laughs) It's all good, man. All good. I'm pretty good about, uh, especially with the girls over at Big Picture that that work with us. um, You know, we'll we'll make sure we've got every possible one link that that needs to be linked. So, um, yeah, appreciate your time. Like I said, thanks for uh, getting up early and uh, meeting with me to do this. And, you know, hopefully live music can come back soon. Yeah, that's all good. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Amazing. And there you have my conversation with Tristan from the band Waxflower. Um, you know, again, I just want to make sure you guys know, like, if you listen to the episode, obviously you heard Tristan say it as well. They're a relatively young band. Um, they're definitely doing what they can to kind of make waves and um, put themselves in the right position to hopefully come through coronavirus, COVID, you know, the music industry lockdown that we've been in, you know, hopefully they're, they're going to come out even stronger than 
than a lot of other bands based on the way that they're motivated and the the vision that they have for what they want to do. Um, they are also releasing on Friday, November the 13th, because that's what 2020 needs is another Friday the 13th. Uh, they are releasing a new single called Again. Um, it's going to just be another great uh, pop punk, you know, song. Um, it's, I'm sure, going to be very similar to uh, what they've done so far, and I really, again, think that these guys need to be on your radar uh, if you're a fan of pop punk, if you're a fan of Australian pop punk especially, um, and yeah, so super excited to see that, and then a huge shout out to Tristan, uh, he was up early to do this interview with me. Um, do the time zone difference and, and whatnot. So I appreciate him, you know, taking the time out of his morning, uh, getting away from the quote unquote rock star uh, sleep schedule for me to do that interview and, and be a guest. So uh, be sure that you're following them on all of their social medias, which will be linked in the description of this podcast, as well as, you know, Spotify. Google Play, Apple, wherever you're streaming your music, make sure you're liking, following, subscribing to any of the stuff that they put out. Um, yeah, there's there's huge potential with these guys, and I think you know. Again, I've said it already. The sky's the limit for them. So hopefully that all uh, is shaking out well for them. That's everything I have for you this week, but I did want to take you out with a song from them, and that song that we will be taking you out with is going to be Getting Better by Wax Flower. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, and this take is care of each other, you and you make the scene. Dipping my feet in white concrete Burning the lake alone I'll sink into the deep And I can sleep Arrest with your memories of me Fading away just like the sun upon your sheet Going home and getting better And I'm alone, I've got a lot of leave Leaving the hospital at three I started to cry, I ran fingers down the cheek I'm tracing the sadness no, it's only ten bucks to me. I'm starting to think with me. You'll never really be happy. You're going home and getting better. And I'll learn. I've got a lot of you're going home. Getting better I'll